Hi, I'm Kevin Harrington, an original shark from the hit television show Shark Tank, and you're listening to the Underdog Podcast. I've been too high up to fall, question marks, what's up with y'all? All we know is over time, barking like some underdogs. Underdogs, underdogs, underdogs. All we know is over time, barking like some underdogs. Underdogs, 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 underdogs. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Underdog Podcast. Today, I have an incredible guest here with me, Maria Simone. How are you? Hello, darling. I'm doing great. Yes, I'm honored and privileged to be here with you today. And I'm just like so blown away at your fierceness, your amazingness, like everything you've accomplished in life. Like it's like a woman that I look up to, seriously. And and I can't wait to hear Maria's story in full detail because we went, you know, we've spent a couple of days together now and I've heard it part of it but I know it's not all of it so I'm so excited to hear that and kind of where you've been where you're going like all the amazingness that you're that you have coming up in your journey so that's a big question so what what <laughs> oh that's not even the first question it's not even the first question but the first question where you been where you going oh my gosh it's it's uh it's a lot right it's yeah. all of our life journeys and it's so funny how life just goes like here there and everywhere right so I love starting with this question because it's a super loaded question and it can take you wherever it is that you want to take it. So if you're ready, go for it. Awesome. All right. What inspired you on your journey to where you are today? What inspired me? That is a good question. You know, for the first part of my life, I always did what others told me to do. So uh, I always had this entrepreneurial creative spirit from a young, really young age. I remember 11 you know, starting my first business. And, uh, and I was always interested in art and creativity and writing. But, you know, my family, there were, they weren't entrepreneurs in my family. So I was always told to go to school, get a good job, you know, do that. You'll be good if you do that. You know, so I did that. And I did the best that I could do. And I was, I was like, a, you know, a type A personality, overachiever. I just wanted my family to be pleased. And yeah, I was, I was pretty much living that by default for many years very successful in healthcare. And then finally, I just said, you know, after 20 years of doing that, I think I want to, well, I think it was because of a health scare. And I finally just got real, like, wow, if I don't start doing the things I really love, like what's in my heart, and I stop being afraid to go out on my own, it's never going to happen. And so I just, for the first time, I resigned job, I started my own businesses, and I just started doing the things that I love to do. I said, well, what about fashion? And I wanted to learn more about fashion. I started a fashion company and then I got involved in real estate investing because I wanted to know what it was like to have a portfolio of properties. And I've been involved in different industries. I had a retail chain of retail stores. And so I always admire the people that have one burning desire to do like this widget. You know, there's like one thing they have to achieve in their life. I've never been like that. I'm always, it's just more curiosity. And also, you know, once I was unleashed, once I got past the fear of going forward, then it's like, well, what about this? What about media? What about entertainment? Mm-hmm. So that, it, so I, I'm very clear that I have a certain skill set. I have a certain mm-hmm. genius, and I know now that it can be applied to any industry. So it's, it's more like following my heart. Right now, at this point, really doing my legacy work because I got the whole money thing. Like I got clear on money and had developed a good relationship with money and I'm really good at capitalizing businesses and figuring out how to fundraise for businesses and projects. So I, I got really good at that part. And at this point, we decided, you know, why don't we now at this part of our life support the creators and the innovators in the world who are doing 
you know, we're solving our most pressing problems. We don't have to do the work. I, I'm older now. And so I just want to support others more. So uh, Chad and I got together and we said, let's support the creators and innovators who are doing the, you know, solving the problem. And also let's be part of raising consciousness on humanity, consciousness of humanity, so that humanity can start embracing more of these solutions. We have plenty of solutions. We have a lot of problems, but we have plenty of solutions. Right. So we have to start embracing the solutions. And in order to do that, we needed to come to the table with the money, the funding. And so right. that's what we're trying to create, you know, a quote unquote bank of transformation. So we've been uh, down this path of really building a very large fund using a unique financial methodology. And, and now we're supporting different projects and not just about the money, but we have kind of an incubator type environment of cross-pollination and collaboration to support them. So, you know, that's kind of what I'm doing right now. It's, it's really uh, having the maximum impact, you know, I can on the planet, raising consciousness. It was really challenged by that a few years ago. And as I said, it was never like one widget. Like I never right. had a, it wasn't one thing that I had to do all my life. It was like just all of the things. Yeah, it was just like learning and growing and, and always challenging myself. And I was always up for that. But a few, a number of years ago, someone took advantage of us and uh, stolen money from us. But it, it was a quite a sum of money, but it was more than that. It, it, the ripple effect was tremendous from that. And it really created havoc in, in our company, in our personal life. And it was just really, uh, I mean, it was one of those curl up in a fetal position under the cover, oh. like, oh my gosh, like, what are we going to do now? Kind of thing. And it was really, it was very daunting just to think about dealing with it. And I remember somebody said, you know, you did, you gave it everything you had. Like, why don't you just file bankruptcy? You didn't do anything wrong and you don't have to deal with, you know, all this fallout. You can file bankruptcy and just do something else. And it was the first time in my life that I thought, like, I feel like I'm really doing my dream. Like, this mm -hmm. is the culmination of all that meandering and, and doing all the other things, which well, the other things are great. But this is like a really huge undertaking, this journey that we're embarking on. And so I felt, yeah, for the first time, I said, wow, this is my dream. Like, what would I do? Mm. And I never, ever had that thought before. So it was, it was really interesting. So so that's what we're doing. Um, I got here and all that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's just like a snippet, you guys, of all of the things because Maria is out of this world. Oh, my gosh. So I'm going to back it up a little bit because you're just incredible. I want to so, know, yeah. as a young child, though, like, what did you want to be when you grew up? The things that I'm doing now are the things that I, I remember dreaming about and thinking when I was younger, when I was young. So I, wow. I admire, I always encourage people to do that, to look back at what gave them joy when they were younger. Because when you were younger, you don't have all the filters and the social norms, you know, whatever. You don't have all the other pressures that are put on you. And so I, um, I was very creative. Uh, I'm a great producer. I organize things. I can organize people. I'm a producer. I have uh, artistic talent. I used to write. I liked writing. So all those things that yeah, I'm, I'm doing now. So I, my genius is in uh, building businesses, funding businesses, strategizing on next steps, gathering people. I'm really yeah. good at, at bringing people to, you know, together. getting the people solution together. Yeah. Just, I don't know. I mean, I, you know, I had a dream uh, during COVID. It came to me that tiny homes was an agile solution for the affordable housing crisis. Mm. And I didn't know anything about tiny homes. And I mean, I, I liked them, but it was a real download, like, oh, this is a solution, you know, for what's happening out there. And I didn't know how to build tiny homes, but I knew enough to start working on the business plan. I know how to create the plan. 
I knew, you know, all the steps that would be necessary to create mm-hmm. a, a successful tiny home business. And one by one, you know, out of the blue, a, a friend called a friend of 20 years who, you know, asked about finance. She goes, do you finance tiny homes? I was like, are you kidding me? Like shut the front door. And you, <laughs> you just know? had a dream about well, it. Well, I started thinking about finding homes, tiny wow. homes. And she had the same dream and she was in another industry and actually uh, was living in Arizona and starting a tiny home company with another partner, wow. but that didn't work out. And so we decided, I said, I'll, I'll come, I'll partner with you. Let's do it. And so we all got to, four of us got together and started a, now it's a really successful tiny home business. It's less than two years old, but it's one of the fastest growing tiny home manufacturing companies in the country. But the point is I never, you know, I never, you don't have to do everything. You don't have to know the how you don't have to, you just have to, if you get clear on what's in your heart, what you love to do and really get focused on what your genius is and stay really focused on that. And then you start attracting all the other pieces. So I think that's, uh, and I was always like that. And so now I really allow that that's I'm more in flow with that as an adult. So yeah, this is like that. the little Maria. <laughs> yeah. I remember you saying that like you were 11 years old and you were putting on this production and you were charging yeah, people. Yeah, this was in New York. Yeah, I felt like we were playing. Yeah, I know my my friends, you know, we were all I mean, to us, to the people, kids in the neighborhood, they were just playing and doing shows and things like that. To me, this was a business. Like this is a production. I was like, oh, I can make money from this, right? Set up, you know, we set up a stage in, in my girlfriend's backyard and you'd sell tickets and have concessions and everyone had their own number. And I was like, wow, this is like a business. Like I could do this. And I was 11. <laughs> <laughs> but guess what I'm doing it now like I do stuff like that now so so I love I love that stuff I love gathering people for a common purpose and you know having a goal and all that so it's good it's so cool right I mean like so you mentioned you were the only entrepreneur out of your family really that came out of that yeah it was I think we had I did have a cousin who was entrepreneurial and I think he opened up a, I remember he opened up a deli in a mm. super at, you know in New York City but I didn't have, you know, growing up and I'm so appreciate, you know, I'm, I'm in awe. There's so many role models. Like I love yes. like just listening to you and you had such an amazing trajectory. You know, you're very young and you, you, you created success at a very young age and I think, which is great. And I applaud that. If I had had any inkling that that was possible, or if I had had any role models or people mm-hmm. supporting me, I think you had it demonstrated to you, you know, yes. your father, my your father. Family. Yeah, exactly. I didn't have that at all. I was like, always against the system. Like they, I was that kind of creativity and entrepreneurship and all that, that was not fostered. And that was mostly squashed a little bit. So I didn't have that. And so there was always this fear factor of going out on my own because I, I, you know, I wasn't supported. So it was a real, a real undertaking. I had to really work up the courage, you know, to do that, to go out on my own and do my own things. And it's so crazy right? because you're the only one stopping you. There's no one stopping you. And uh, it was just amazing. And it was actually, I think, a health scare that allowed me to finally say, oh, screw it. Let's just go do it. And so whatever that thing is, and I, you know, I believe we're all confronted with something and hopefully it's not too loud, you know, (laughs) we're supposed to make a, make a change, but yeah. So that, that was my my thing. So, so not having the role models that we have now and you know, real estate investing or business building and, you know, going out on your own, that just wasn't done. Right. When I was growing up. Right. And you grew up in New York city. I'm from New York. Yeah. And I, well, I, I uh, grew up in New York city and then I moved to the suburbs of yep. Long Island, but I, I went back to New York city area to work and to go to school mm. and then came out West in 1990. And that's when I really 
I started, you know, moving away. I was in the corporate world in healthcare, but I started getting more on the business side of it. And mm. then I also, at the same time, I that's when I started my own business. And so things took off from there. I don't think I could have done it in New York. I need a little separation from the family and, and you know, all, all of that. God love them, but they were they had a completely different mindset. In fact, I'll never forget when I retired from my, uh, and I retired my license, I'm a retired pharmacist. Mm. And they didn't understand, like, how could you possibly give up, you know, a professional license and leave a corporate job right. and doing so well? Like, they, nobody could understand that. You know? right. It was amazing. Well, that takes a lot of heart to do. Right. I mean, like to go. I don't from, know if heart's the word. It's courage. Courage, <laughs> courage, heart. I mean, all of it. I think because it's like you're here in a secure place. Yeah. And you're totally like, I mean, for being a pharmacist is pretty profitable, right? Like yeah. and it's a secure job, it's a secure career that's never gonna go away. And this is the struggle that most people have. Yeah. Is like, how do you get out of that box? And especially you spent 20 years in it. Yeah. Right. And jump into what you want to and love to do. So I'd be interested to hear that transition. You know, I think, you know, I was getting the messages that I should, but I just, I I was so comfortable. Right. (laughs) You know, there was so many perks and financial and, you know, all of that, like, ah, like it was, you know, but it was, the message was getting louder and louder. And I think for some people, you know, when you start getting inkling that, that something should change, if you're in a job that you don't love and there's something else you want to do, if, it, if you're in a relationship that's not healthy for you and you know you need to leave it, but maybe just enduring it or, you know, whatever scenario you're in and you start having an inkling that things should change. If you don't pay attention, <laughs> you're going to get a pretty loud message, right? Yeah. So that's when you get, you know, the health scares or the financial scares or something else will happen. And it's going to be very dramatic and loud and the consequences could be who knows. And so I just, I started getting those messages and my soul was like, I just felt it in my body. Like you got to do something, do something. This isn't right. This isn't right. And it was just getting louder and louder. And I finally said, okay, 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 I'll do it. And I did. And I remember as soon as I made the decision to go on my own, and that was huge because I had never, uh, I had never fully been on my own as an entrepreneur. As soon as I made a decision to leave my career, I gave myself, I created like the six month plan. And within six weeks, I was done. Like, I wow. like it just happened really fast. So I think as soon as you start taking those steps, right, to make those changes without always knowing the how, just start taking those steps, then the, the uh, resources and everything else, you know, the universe will conspire to support mm-hmm. you and give you what you want. And uh, it's always, it always happens. You just have to take those steps. And most people just don't take those first few steps. And that's all it is. It's just one step and another step. And really, truly, that's all it was. And so I was able to create a consulting company uh, very quickly, like overnight, because I had retired, I left, I quit my job. (laughs) But I almost like hired myself back to my industry, Mm. just to get started. And it was nice. I, I started now I was on my own, I started, I had my own revenue, and then I built out from there. And then I, I moved on from consulting to really starting businesses. And then I sold the businesses and I went back to consulting and, and created a nice a platform, very nice. Uh, I've helped thousands of entrepreneurs over the years wow. through my online trainings, in-person trainings, uh, live events, you know, things like that in business building and funding. And I've raised tens of millions of dollars and all of that. So it's wow. speaking, author, 
just had a, you know, it was just really great doing that, being part of that world of helping people have their dreams. And honestly, as a woman, I really can say I'm one of the few back then when I started doing all that, you know, one of the few women that not only had a very solid corporate career, but a successful entrepreneur. And I could articulate, like I could share the steps and talk about money and encouraging others to have the same. So I definitely, you know, feel good about that legacy. So now we're just doing some bigger things. Absolutely. I love that, Miranda. I love that you helped start all these businesses and like it just, your evolution has been so cool. Then you started speaking on stages and we're going to get to your book for sure. Love yourself. Absolutely. We're going to talk about that shortly, but all of it is so incredible because not only are you focused on just like business, you're also focusing on raising consciousness and raising conscious business leaders, which is a whole nother thing. And for anybody who's listening, I guess we could explain really what that is because it's kind of, for some, it's a new concept for Uh, others. No, actually for me, I I will tell you. So I had a quite a spiritual awakening when I was a young girl, I was five years old and I was paralyzed from the neck down and it was in a lot of pain. And all I could do was move my head. One night I had a visitation by Angel Gabriel and he said, you're not going to die. And I thought I was miserable. I thought I had pissed God off. I did something wrong and I was just going to die. That's why I was just waiting to die. And he said, you're not going to die. You have great things to do. Get up, get up. And so shortly after that, I actually, started, I was moving and, and I, I obviously am you know, cured. And I definitely attribute that. It was like this cellular shift in me. And from then on, I had that connection of, you know, just knowing not only that, that there were greater things for me, but I had the connection of intuition and empathy and, and, you know, really I could feel other people and just had a different appreciation for life as a young girl. As I got into business, I was able to incorporate those spiritual gifts and that consciousness into my work. But back then, years ago, you don't talk about it. You just right. do it. So people thought, you know, wow, she's so brilliant in business <laughs> and in negotiations and things like that. But a lot of times I was just tapping into the other person and, mm. you know, understand I could understand the situation more with my intuition or just I just had a, a different appreciation for what doing the right thing was and, you know, creating win-win situations and collaborating more and like very conscious principles, you know, just more self-aware, more, you know, and to be enlightened is really just a, a self-aware. And it was always about the good of everyone. And I, it was never, you know, back then business was doggy dog, right? You got right. somebody's going to win, somebody's going to lose. And I never had that concept, although consciously, I, I, you know, I never wanted to have that. But I, so I always had an appreciation. You don't, yeah. don't screw someone else. You know, right. the competition doesn't work. If I treat you well, even though you're a competitor, uh, supposedly, if I'm good to you, you're going to be good to me. If I do more for others, yeah. yeah, law of reciprocity. And I really, actually, I really, it was all about universal wisdom, universal law. So, you know, just how giving, if I wanted to raise, if I was in the middle of a capital raise, I gave a lot and because I knew that would always come back to me or, you know, just all of that. And I totally, it's always circulating that energy, believed in that wisdom, but it was, it was silent. It was, I didn't really talk about it as much. And then eventually people were asking me, well, how does that happen? What, how do you do this? How do you do that? Mm-hmm. So then I started really embracing this other side because the truth is, you know, your business is like 20% strategy and 80% all the other stuff. It's the mindset. It's the, it's, you know, the universal laws, you know, all of the other unseen things that you do, which is it's the head is the last thing to take action usually mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and figuring things out yeah. in the execution. So yeah. So now I'm really, uh, I'm the soul and money catalyst. I incorporate spiritual principles into uh, grounded business, you know, strategies. When we create business, uh, when we invest in a business or we're creating a business, it's always mm-hmm. about having 
maximum impact and maximum profit and to make sure the teams are aligned and you know they're, they're conscious and collaborative and all of that. So it's more than just making money. We look at all oh, yeah. of that. And, and that's what I teach as well. So it's very important right now. I am so glad that people like you are taking up the baton and you embrace that and yeah. you know, making it like mainstream. It's really important. Literally. I remember. So it was two years ago, I was sitting at a real estate conference and Tony Robbins was the, head, the lead speaker. And he said something that like shook me to my core. I've always been a deeply spiritual person, consistently. And everyone always asks me, Pam, how did you do it at such a young age? And I'm like, I'm always guided. Like, I just listen and I just keep going. That's And I don't know how else to say it except for that. And I just hustled really hard. And when I prayed for something, that person that I needed would show up. The resource would show up. Like, I don't know how to really put that And you're paying words. attention too. And you recognize that that's happening. And I remember Tony Robbins said this one quote that I was like, that shook me. And I was like, whoa, like, that's it. And then he said, business is a spiritual game. And my light bulbs went off. And I was like, this is why every successful entrepreneur, fulfilled entrepreneur that I know is deeply spiritual behind the scenes. Yeah. Like they, there's like so much more to business than just that, right? Like there's all these depths to it that it's almost yeah. like, that's like the surface level and money is energy. And I know yeah. the new book you talk about that. It's, it's just amazing how you built, you know, you built your platform and now you are working on basically becoming the transformation bank, right? For all these yeah. other entrepreneurs and helping them build their businesses and fund their businesses. Cause that's really the biggest struggle for entrepreneurs, yeah. right? They yeah. have this dream and then they're like, but how the hell do I structure it? And how the hell do I fund it? Right. All they've got is a dream and, and, it, and it's hard, right. Yeah. To build a business. You've seen it all kind of from the ground up. I don't think there's anything as confront. That's one of the most confronting things is actually building your business. I think people that want to have uh, the ultimate spiritual training in their, in their life, Go start a business. <laughs> yes. Because you're going to learn more about you and more about the universe and more about everyone. <laughs> yeah. When you do that, you're going to be confronted on all levels and especially when it comes to the money. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. And so, it's crazy. And I love that you do that and that you're focusing on that and that you've really incorporated that into your business. Like it blows my mind. And it's so incredible because yeah. you were doing this at a time where really this isn't, yeah. this wasn't a thing. I mean, it's starting to become a thing now. Yeah. Slightly, you know, like, ago, you know, yeah. conscious capitalism and all of these things, all these concepts, you know, that are coming That's out. been around. It's, it, it, well, it's been around for a long time, actually. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. It has. But, and I didn't know I, that. Back, in, back in 1990, I had, um, no, two, 2000, I remember I had uh, my company name and then I had a conscious, you know, conscious capitalism consultant or whatever on my card. You know, that was like so cool. over 20 years ago, 20, 23 years ago. That's so, so crazy. That's incredible. Yeah. But it's like, why did it take me this long to learn this? Damn it. You know? <laughs> it's like, amazing it is amazing it is amazing and, and i think more entrepreneurs are stepping up into that realm which is yeah. so so cool and you know throughout your experience where you're like what has what have you found have been some of the most successful companies or entrepreneurs and you know what were some of the things that they did that helped them become successful i believe that if you one of the things i find and i i used to teach us at my event the, the enlightened entrepreneur summit you know use your business as a force for good if you start build impact into your company always look for that now what happens is business owners entrepreneurs have a thing when i make a lot of money i'm going to donate or i'm going to do this if you look at your business as like treat it as even like a nonprofit or the mission of a nonprofit Look at your business and every aspect of your business yeah. where you can have the maximum impact, mm -hmm. you will do great right, right from the beginning. So it's not just about being successful and donating money. It's like, 
figure out, you know, build impact into every aspect. So like have high purpose in your business. All my businesses, everything I'm involved in solves a problem. It's a, it's a real tangible solution for an existing problem. A tiny home company solves the affordable housing crisis. Mm -hmm. uh, the fund that we're building really will solve the challenge of entrepreneurs accessing, accessing capital. Our NFT company has an, a military grade security technology that prevents piracy and hacking. So it really wow. uh, it creates more financial sovereignty for the creators and stuff because they're getting hacked and pirated all the time. So things like that. So we always have high purpose. So we don't have time for bullshit businesses really right, right now. I mean, if, you, if you're just doing that to make money, you're missing a great opportunity to serve your community, serve the planet. So have high purpose. Look at everyone you work with too. C figure out a way to create prosperity for your team, to encourage them to be happy and have fulfilling lives. It's not your employees just don't want to get a paycheck. They have other lives outside of your life. Mm -hmm. And so we always look for ways to improve their well-being. On my team, because we have Zenmus Capital, because we have a fund, the people that work with us create additional income streams within our company. They have their own prosperity engine within the company. So it's not just about paying them more money. It's about, well, what else can you do? What can we do for you and in, in, in partnership with you to help you create uh, you know, additional revenue streams? Something they can look forward to. They own that piece. In our tiny home company, they do vision boards together and they have a they journal in the morning, the employees before they get That's to work right. and things like that. So we always look at the employees and then also get your arms around some community initiatives. Like what can you do in the community? to support the community. The community will support you. So you always want to partner up with a charity or some community initiative because guess what? They have the mailing list. They have the, the voices you know, in their platforms, in their databases. So they're going to support you in promoting your products and services. So it's a, it's a really, if you're supporting them financially and with other resources, they will support you with amplifying your message. So there's so many ways of looking at how to have impact you know, in your business that will help lead to your success. And I think that's really critical right now. I think every business that does that, that's more sustainable. It's a more sustainable business model because it has a self-generation of resources and, and clients and, you know, all of that is, is going to be more successful now. That's something I always look at whenever I'm supporting a business or starting a business. That's incredible. That's incredible. Yeah. I mean, you've seen many of them start up and kind of do their thing. So it's, yeah. It's it's, and then the other thing is you could have the greatest idea on the planet, but if you have schmucky leadership, it's just not going anywhere. Mm -hmm. You know, at this point, it, it's all about the team. Mm -hmm. It's all about the heart and soul of the team, the consciousness of the team, their ability to learn and grow and take, take advice, you know, be able to be coached mm -hmm. and to surround themselves with more people, maybe people that know more things, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. uh, have other skill sets. It's really critical to have a great team at top because otherwise, yeah, you have the great best idea, but if, if it's not executed properly and with the right heart and with the right consciousness, uh, it may not go very far. So that's real. We're really critical of that. We're super uh, focused on that. We don't, when we're about to make a decision on whether to partner with someone or invest or whatever, we just spend a lot of time with those people. And fortunately, I've been blessed to be able to go into business with people that actually have known for a while. I don't think yeah. I could have done that any other way. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's really important to us right now, the impact and the people at the helm. And I have to, we have to love them, love the people that you're working with, you know, but why not? It's like, this is your life. Absolutely. <laughs> you know? Absolutely. So, I love that, Maria. I love that. 
And you recently wrote a book called Love Yourself Rich. I did. Love Yourself Rich. I love it. I love the title. I love the guy. It's, it's kind of a, and it's not out yet, but we can go to Maria360.com and sign up. We're going to probably uh, do a launch this summer. There's a, a sign up for notifications. Yeah, it's just a combination of my story. And also, you know, incorporating, it's a metaphor for a rich life, you know, having a rich life, it's a metaphor for having that type of life. I just love the word rich. Mm-hmm. And I think that to me, that's, that's, it's more about, it's not about the monetary richness. It's like rich in all areas. And also it's an acronym for, you know, it's a personal management system for living a life of ease and flow. And it's what I've used over the years too. I apply to anything I'm doing. And I've always been able to create success and create money. And, but most importantly, right now, I, I've noticed like the more I create, uh, put my life in a container of love, mm. or put anything I'm doing in a container of love and mostly self-love, things take off even faster that way. So just to, I, I, I look forward to everyone reading the book. I think it's very needed right now. Oh, <laughs> I can't wait to read it too. Oh my goodness. I'm so excited for that, Maya. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. And I mean, you've had such an interesting experience throughout your whole lifetime. It's been so many different dynamics and things happening throughout your lifetime. And I'm so interested. Very interesting. (laughs) So interested to know, like, what would your older self tell your younger self based on what you know now? Oh yeah. So relax enjoy the ride. Don't be so scared. You are loved. You have nothing to prove. Just go for it. You know, I feel like I've held myself back a little too much. I've cared too much with others thought and, and only to find out, gosh, you're so brilliant. Yes. <laughs> you knew what you were doing. You're brilliant, you know, and just, just go for it. And, and so I, and I've taken, you know, I've learned to, because I'm, I can be a little fearless. I have gone on taking risks and things like that. And it's okay. The, whatever, you know, mm. it's, it's the, the earth hasn't opened up to swallow me and it's, it's okay. It's just go for it. You know? So I don't consider any, I don't consider myself ever failing. I've, I've done a lot of, you know, I, mm-hmm. I always keep taking that step forward. So uh, some people classify, you know, they consider themselves having failures along the way. And I've had a lot of learning lessons and just, I pivoted and other things, but I've never, I've never looked at having failures. Everything is built upon was built upon the next thing so mm-hmm. i think if we all take that approach wouldn't hold ourselves back so much it's too bad when uh, we all do that and it's not right. necessary oh my gosh you, what you have coming up is so super duper 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 exciting so you're launching this fund in the next like within the next month yeah well in, within weeks yeah weeks, so yeah. we're we, this is something that has been years in the making and we're so excited about it and so we wanted to create um you know, we're doing a lot of innovative, disruptive things out there in business and different systems. So as we were building our fund, we started using the old paradigms of building the fund, you know, from multiple sources and then deploy the capital. And we're like, no, if we're going to, if we're going to innovate, let's totally innovate. Now, I think the, that whole, you know, the venture capital model, the, the fund, you know, fundraising for business and even for philanthropy is, yeah. is kind of broken. Yeah. Because it's still very competitive. You're taking money from other places and, and moving it around. And so to me, it, it lends itself to more scarcity thinking and it's not as abundant, still competitive. So the question we asked ourselves is where is money stuck on the planet? Like where is there money not in circulation? It's so uh. liquid. How can we liberate it? And that's what we wanted to put into circulation. And so we've tapped into restricted stock. It's called Rule 144 Restricted Stock. And so we have a methodology where, and these are wealthy uh, shareholders or, or affiliate shareholders of companies that they've taken public 
They're the founders of public companies, major shareholders, investors, board of directors, members, but they are considered affiliates. They have large uh, amount of stock. And I don't know if I said that correctly. Anyway, they have a lot of stock. Yeah. <laughs> and so they are restricted as to how much they, stock they can sell every year. Mm. And so it's, it's, it's very daunting when you're sitting on you know, millions and millions of shares of stock, and it may take upwards of 20 years to liquidate a portfolio. And you don't know wow. if the value of the company will maintain that. And not every company that. exactly right. sustain that value. So it's, wow. you know, it's, they're always looking for ways to do something with the stock. And so what they can do with us is they can actually exchange their stock into our PPM and we give, offer them a lot of protections and distributions and it's a win-win and, but we have the ability to cash it out and then deploy it into other projects and things like that. So it's a resequencing of existing steps. It hasn't been done before the way we're doing it. And, you know, if you're a restricted stockholder and thinking, oh, this is already out there. No, it's not. <laughs> this is not like it's anything Maria. has been done. <laughs> no, seriously, this is 20 years in the making. Wow. And we've been working on it ourselves, refining it with our partners for the last four years. We weren't part of it for 20 years. Our partner created this and, and worked on it as a refined it all these years and we're taking it across wow. the finish line with him these past few years but it's taken years really wow. for even us working on this so we're excited so, so excited well yeah. when you finally see that dream come to fruition it's like <gasps> yeah and it represents this is a seven trillion dollar source capital that's not in circulation it's illiquid tea. right now with a t yeah it's a huge source of capital tea. With because tea. of all the companies that have been uh you know since the the great depression this rule the securities law came into effect after the depression because of all wow. the dumping and all that. And so since then, this is to protect the consumer, you know, the average person and their investments, but it's, it's created a back. There's so many companies that have gone public and it's a $7 trillion source of capital. Wow. And we understand why it's in place, but we're trying to, you know, see if we can, you know, we want to work with it in a different way. Mm. So what that means is this is a replicatable process and, now we can put more money back in circulation for investing in projects and for philanthropy and for other really cool causes. So it's incredible. Yep, we're excited. So the yeah. light at the end of the tunnel is here and we are rocking and rolling. Oh my God. I'm just so excited for you. I honestly just like can't wait to see it launch and just yeah. launch because I know there's so many things coming behind the scenes for yes. that too that you guys will find out about later yes. and not at this time. But I'm just so excited for you, Maria. Like, oh my gosh, and you're so inspiring and incredible. So I'm sure everyone who's been listening wants to know where to find you and your awesomeness. You mentioned, you mentioned Maria360. Maria360.com has all okay. our links to different companies. You can sign up for the book release. Uh, please do that and um, reach out. You can contact us. We have other financing sources as well. Oh, yeah. we, you know, our company offers business lines of credit and some other things. So anything to do with financing your business, we're happy to, to share some information with you about that. So just reach out. So you're amazing. Britt. Thank you so much for Thank being you, here Maria. today and your incredible story and like all the incredible things you're doing for the world. I can't wait to see this on fully launch and all the beautiful things that are coming along with it. So thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so that's it for today's episode of Underdog. Catch us next week, always dropping on Thursdays. And remember, if you're interested in real estate or want to learn how to create more money and magic in your life, check out meetwithpamela.com and let's chat. Sending you so, so much love. Like some underdogs, underdogs, underdogs.